Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today, we're going to learn about Kundalini, what it is and how we can activate it. Shannon, and I'm going to have her pronounce her own last name, is here to talk about her new book, Kundalini Energy, where she answers these questions for us. Thanks for coming to the show and welcome to the show, Shannon. And I'm going to ask you to repeat your last name. When I got to it, it was just, I bungled it. (laughs) (laughs) So my last name, hello, is Irizarry, and to be honest, I don't even pronounce it right. You're supposed to roll the, yeah, you're supposed to roll Uh, the R. (laughs) I feel better. (laughs) I feel better. Spell it for the audience, though. Sure. It's Y-R-I-Z-A-R-R-Y. Good. In case they want to look you up while we're talking. (laughs) Yes. Which is great. So let's start with what is Kundalini? Uh, That's a great starting point. And I'm going to give the most concise um, version for anyone who has never heard about this before. I like to talk about it from a nuts and bolts standpoint, because when I first heard about energy, I had no idea what that meant. So Kundalini is like an electric feeling you get in your body that doesn't hurt when you're able to harmonize the physical systems in your body, AKA you're healthy, and then your energy starts to amplify and you're able to move the body in very certain ways and all of a sudden expand your consciousness. That's it. (laughs) That seems awfully simple, but not so simple. (laughs) the book seems complicated but what Mm -hmm. i stress is you just pick one thing and you work on that don't do everything it it didn't in one way it was complicated but in another way it's not because it brings you step by step through which is what i love because every time i've approached the subject it has overwhelmed me it was like, oh, yeah, well, next lifetime, I'll do that because we're not going to do it this lifetime. But you have done it. You've activated your Kundalini and you believe that uh, everybody can do it. I do. And I believe they can do it safely and in a progressive manner instead of instantly, which is just too much. You want to go from zero to 90 in a day. You want to progress slowly so that your nervous system's energy is just adjusting as you continue to strengthen it. Mm -hmm. And I had heard years ago, years, years, years ago, (laughs) that um, somebody told me a lot of people in insane asylums, their kundalini had just blown in one shot and just kind of blew them too. Do you think that's true? You know, I believe that certain mental health conditions do not mix well with um, any type of energy that raises your your energy upwards. They need Mm -hmm. grounding energy. So 
you know, if they had a spontaneous awakening, whether it was from drugs or it was just from uh, something that just sparked it, chances are it would exacerbate, you know, if it was schizophrenia, it would exacerbate it. Um, And what happens with a lot of people, I don't know if they end up in an institution, but they, you know, say they take a hallucinogenic or a drug that opens them their consciousness so fast, and then they can't get back into their body and Mm -hmm. it shoots out their nervous system so that they might shake. And, you know, a spiritual teacher would know how to ground them back into their body, most likely eat grounding foods, root vegetables, you know, massage the feet, things like that. But Mm -hmm. in the practice, in this type of practice, when you have a good teacher, they'll teach you go slow, go slow. (laughs) <laughs> but you're also probably not about to blow yourself out like that either. If you're already with the teacher. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and I'm sorry. Go ahead. I always say like in any type of yoga, find the oldest teacher you can because they have the greatest wisdom from experiences and uh, you know, don't go to the flashy ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always say, you know, nothing about life until you look backwards. You can't mm-hmm. look forward. You, there, you can't. But when you look backwards, you can see the dots connect, which is like, right. thank God they do. Because <laughs> you wonder why that happened or how you got there. <laughs> yeah. um, so I want to go through this as methodically as you did your book, because it can overwhelm very quickly. Um, do you want to start with, um, why somebody would want to? Yeah. Yeah. And that's a great starting point. Then maybe the connections between the different cultures to help people understand. Mm-hmm. That'd so, be great. Yeah. So I start the book out in the first chapter talking about the practical benefits because people think of Kundalini and they think of a yogi sitting in a cave all day for years and they're mm-hmm. like what that doesn't sound fun so <laughs> having it <laughs> having been around you know people practicing this and um sharing with me their personal experiences in their daily life i can honestly say it helps you manifest and you can get very clear with what you want and then you can manifest it much easier whether that's you know a new house, a new job, mm-hmm. uh, a new wardrobe, you know, or just a state of mind. Like I want to be more peaceful. I want to be more intuitive so I can make good choices. And when you become more intuitive, you also become more creative. So when it comes to solving problems in your life and seeing creative solutions, who doesn't want more of that? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> And more energy, better health overall. Um, there's just so many practical benefits that I put in that section because you can go to yoga class and never actually be able to emotionally feel better mm-hmm. and be able to keep yourself in a sustained state of peace and happiness. You'll just be really fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually lived in an ashram for a couple of months. I worked there and it was kind of a trade and I wanted to just see how it was on the East Coast. And we huh? did yoga all day long and it was fabulous, but we never did any of the kundalini at yoga. Some of the things I read in your book, I thought, oh, wish I had known it then. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't. <laughs> 
it, it was it was a physical yoga, but it, that was wonderful too. It just what a difference. Lots um, of yeah, lots of benefits. You do breath work, so you know you are able to detox your body, which is great. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I keep wanting to jump ahead when you were talking about manifesting. I almost jumped in about the moon, <laughs> you know, and I thought, don't jump ahead because <laughs> we can confuse it very quickly, you know. So, um, in your book, too. Um, well, first of all, Kundalini comes up the spine. It goes through the central channel of the spine and next to that central channel, you have energy moving up and down. And essentially the energy moving up and down is going to concentrate in your stomach and you'll feel that. And then you have this technique, it's like a Kegel and you Mm -hmm. pull in your stomach and that helps it go up, but it's, it's not necessarily something that goes straight up because there's um, different parts, like three different parts that it has to, you know, get there and Locks, then it has to get them, there. Yeah. 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 And, and one good. is, one is in point. Yeah. One is in the, in the solar plexus, right. Or in the yeah. stomach. Yeah. And then one is in the throat. Yes. And one yes. in the third eye or do I have that right? Well, actually, it's a, a little bit lower. You have one at the sex organs, and then you have one at the diaphragm, and then one at the neck. Oh, and okay. yeah, like the diaphragm stomach area. But <laughs> you get so used to um, moving your navel at a beat, especially with the mantras, that you're able to move that energy and you keep that lock at the very bottom, like the Kegel, and then you keep your chin locked. And these are the secrets I found from teachers with 30 years of experience and then your spine is straight because you know we have tech neck and our chin is oh, forward. okay yeah you're never yeah. gonna get it if if you right. don't like give yourself so to a keep your chin. spine absolutely um straight and you sometimes use pillows for that absolutely. if you can't for for those of us who are older who aren't going to get that and <laughs> that's straight or um, a soccer player you know soccer players have tight legs <laughs> oh do they yeah Mm-hmm. Never played soccer. Happily so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, is it is the Kundalini energy different from, so let's say if I sit down and I'm doing a meditation, I'm pulling up the earth energy and I'm pulling in the cosmic energy. But Kundalini energy is different. It's more powerful. It's um, So tell me the differences. Because I know it's different, but I don't know how. So when you do a guided meditation and you're visualizing, okay, I'm pulling energy up, I'm clearing my chakras, I'm expanding energy at my third eye, I'm bringing energy to my crown chakra. Okay, that's a little fast, but in a guided guided visualization, you're seeing these colors. But then with Kundalini, because you're actually moving like the electrocircuitry of your body, you... (laughs) You feel the energy unblock. It will shoot out of your feet. It will shoot out of your hands. You'll feel it in your face before it goes up. And it feels like, it feels like you're an anime character. Mm-hmm. It is the strangest feeling. It doesn't hurt, but you're like, I've never felt this before. And it, you just literally feel energy, so much energy going out those appendages. Like or, electrified? 
I've not felt it for any of my audience. So <laughs> it's not I don't bad. Think. It's yeah. not bad. It feels like your whole hand is full of energy and not in a painful way. Um, when those, when those chakras unblock, so the bottom chakra, it can be very blocked. And then the energy will come out of your feet for like maybe 30 seconds. I've, I've had a downward facing dog. Mm -hmm. I had to ask the teacher, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> and it is electricity because it does mess with electronics mm. and, but you know, it's, it's not going to um, be painful. And I've felt it mix in my stomach and plow pose where you put your feet over your head. Yeah. And if it felt like the sun was in my stomach, I'm like, wow, I never felt that before. So the difference to long story short between a visualization and Kundalini is that you actually physically feel it. Mm -hmm. um, but in the regular meditation, you're not going to get to that point. You have you to may. give certain, well, the uh, us average people. <laughs> um, well, let's I, say like someone was exercising a lot. So they have mm -hmm. a lot of, um, you know, energy in their body. You might start to feel it, but probably not. <laughs> right. And then if you don't know what you're feeling, you don't know what to do with it. Yeah, there's another. <laughs> certain things could uh spark it like my there's one story um in the book about a woman who gave birth to twins and then her kundalini opened because her hips were open or something she had no idea what was happening until she worked on this book with me <laughs> wow now mm -hmm. did she close back up you know not her hips i mean the kundalini <laughs> yes but her life was never the same. She went on a spiritual path from then on. And I talked to her about that. Mm -hmm. And she, she, looking back, realized this set me on my path and yeah. things went in a different direction. Mm -hmm. It's almost like bringing you to another vibration then, another dimension. Right, another vibration. right. Um, so the process of awakening... <laughs> how do we do it <laughs> okay little bits at a time mm -hmm. there's there's different things we can work on whether it's our you know what we're eating putting into our body that affects our digestion and our um the ability for nutrients to enter our brain and then our ability for our emotions to feel good so we could look at that aspect, just a little bit of improvement each day. Mm -hmm. Don't go extreme. We can start to do a minute or three minutes of breath work each day, which will start to help us feel more positive. As our emotions start to feel more positive, we're going to be able to activate the energy centers that will move us into the intuitive space where the expansion of consciousness lives. So mm -hmm. any, any physical part of the body you improve, whether it's your, your blood, your digestion, your muscles, um, your, I can't think of any more right now, but there's so right. many ways to approach it. We can just pick two to work on, you know, mm -hmm. and, and then you start to get aware of the body more, feel what's going on with the body. So if you know, wow, I need to work on my digestion, that will improve, um, you know, your blood definitely clarity in your blood and your muscles will be improved by that. 
the breath work will help you strengthen your muscles faster because when you have oxygen, your muscles grow faster, then you can sit up straight <laughs> to right, meditate. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you choose, just do a little bit and it'll get to a little bit more. Just like when you go to the gym, start out and you got the 10 pound weight one mm -hmm. time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You carried it over to the bench. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you start off in the book with the Kriyas. Kriyas? Mm -hmm. um, and I don't want to go away from digestion too soon because I think everybody listening to this has a digestion, wants to fix their digestion. So mm -hmm. um, let's go to the digestion and then we'll come back to the Kriyas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but with um, are people allowed to eat meat? So with meat, if you think about um, how easy it is to digest spinach versus how easy it is to digest meat, mm -hmm. meat, meat just takes longer to digest right. and it takes, it requires more of your digestive juices and your actual energy. So we talk about one of the benefits being more energy. When you eat meat, it requires more of your actual body's it, energy for the day. It takes from you to digest it then. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a mechanical thing. It's not like about the ethics or the rules or anything. That's it's just what gonna... I was wondering about. Yeah. 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 So it's so purely maybe that eat your less body. meat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and fish and but have you gone to vegetarian or are you vegetarian? So I actually did eight months of raw vegan. Uh -huh. Wow. <laughs> I was so ungrounded. Yeah so ungrounded that it was hard to be in the physical realm and yeah. you know intuition shot through the roof and everything but we do need to operate in the physical realm so having a balanced diet like mostly plants like if you look at your plate and the salad's bigger than the protein mm -hmm. that's that's going to help you you know right. but don't don't change everything right away. Just go gradual because your body will go into shock. You'll feel miserable and you won't stick with it. <laughs> you'll go into a detox almost. Yeah. And your emotions just will, you know, be a roller coaster and it's not fun. If you just gradually start to change your taste buds, they will start to enjoy normal spices and herbs and everything. Mm -hmm. And you'll start to get used to it. I have to tell you, when I'm around a lot of energy or I'm doing a psychic fair or any of those, I have to go out and eat meat to ground, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to bring me back in. It's um, And it has to be meat. It can't be fish. It can't be vegetable. It has to be a meat. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's great that so you I'm have glad that to hear tool. you say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good. So now you've gone back to more balanced because I... I always wondered if you're going to be a yogi, you have to be vegetarian and the rules, you don't go by those rules so much. Yeah. It's, it depends on what your goals are at that point in your life. So for writing, you need to be a little grounded and you need to have structure in your writing. Mm -hmm. So you, you don't want to eat all raw vegetables if you're right. going to be writing. Um, Right now, I was focused more on root chakra things like where I'm going to live and job things. So I was eating more grounding foods so that I can actually, you know, do the energy in that chakra, which is about, you know, where you live, what money you make, 
And so that actually helped me focus on those aspects of life and they've improved. Mm-hmm. And, and the next thing is, and this is really interesting, is going a, a little bit further in, into past writing this book. I have a spinal cord injury. So mm-hmm. ironically, the point is right where I would do breath work. So I can't do breath work. I can't wow. twist. I can't twist my spine. So I literally can't do this. And I had to find a way to access that state of expanded consciousness without the techniques that I had used for so long. And that's what I want people to know. It's like, if you can't do parts of this, it's okay. You can still get there. There's always creative ways of getting there. Look at all the different ways around the world people have, you know, devised to get to that state of oneness. So if you can't, if you can't do this for one reason or another, it doesn't mean you can't reach that state, which is so important for people to know. Yeah. And one of you started with the Kriyas, but I'm going to go stick with the breath work for the moment. And one of the first breath work, um, and I don't know your name for it, was, and I tell people this all the time, to sit down and breathe in and out through your nose rhythmically. Not right. heavy, deep breath, not a, you know extreme, just rhythmically and do it for 10 minutes minimum. And at the end of 10 minutes, you'll feel a release. And if you're thinking, did I feel it? You didn't. <laughs> just keep on going and your body will relax. And once your body relaxes, your mind relaxes. And at which point it's almost like you're, you're hitting some deep levels of meditation. I've not gone past that um, to see what happens after that. My whole goal in life then, don't get up. (laughs) Don't get up just to do it. But what is that breath work called? Because you said that's one great way to begin. But what is the name for that? So how do you do it? I mean, I just told you how I do it, but how do you do it? So that sounds exactly like breath of fire. Mm-hmm. And so you're basically only breathing through your nose and at a steady rhythm that works for you. Because when I first started, I get side cramps because I'm like trying to get a rhythm going. So you can go slow and you, it's helpful to pull your belly in while, while you push the air out and then you just relax and the air comes back in. So mm-hmm. just to do an annoying sound. and three minutes and you were pushing out there right right and you kind of just create this steady rhythm just like Mm -hmm. you're saying and it can change your day if you're getting tired instead of reaching for more caffeine in the afternoon which messes up your sleep you do some breath work you get a second wind literally (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um in your book you go through each breath work and what it'll do for you right so that one will give you energy Right. And calm. will they all give you calmness? Not necessarily. Well, yes. Because we're all going for calmness yeah. now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a calm focused state. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a balance between being tired and being anxious. Right. And probably it's a state most of us have never felt before well, where we have mental clarity, but also a state of peace. So there are techniques in there to give yourself energy really fast, like the O 
um, breath of fire, O mouth, breath of fire through the mouth. And Mm -hmm. then there's slow, deep breathing or alternate nostril breathing, and those will calm anxiety. So if your mind is monkey mind, you know, the ADHD Mm -hmm. mind, you don't want to do the ones that are really fast. You want to do the slow, deep breathing because it's going to help balance you. Mm -hmm. One thing I, I, the reason I started telling people about this, along with that calmness that release in your body is that's the way your body was set up to breathe through your nose. And I say to people, the mouth breathing sometimes can be panting and your body thinks, should I run? (laughs) Should I run? But through the nose, all the filtration that your body is, is built for, right. It's all for air coming through the nose. Mm-hmm. which is um, why I was so happy to see it in your book. It's like, oh, I'm not alone here. You know, use this one. But you thought too, that was a good one to start with. To yes. Begin with. Yeah. Yes. And a lot of people start with the Ujjayi breath, which is taught in most Western yoga classes, which is a constriction of the back of the throat. And then it sounds like Darth Vader. So mm-hmm. it's like only through the nose, but it just helps you constricts the um the area that you can bring air through so it has to slow down the airflow and it mm-hmm. provides a great sense of calm right i have to say because nobody can see your book yet because it's not out until when june the end of june oh it came out on march 8th oh my god i'm thinking yeah. it's coming out in june sorry about that so you can get her book and you can get it right now and, um, and we'll, we'll tell you at the end of the show where to get it. But the best thing about this is each breath work. She goes through in detail and tells you exactly how to do it, how it will sound, how it will feel, and what, to, it, what benefit you will get from it. And I love that part. And you've done that with pretty much everything. But before we get into anything else, I'm going to take a break now and we'll be right back. At which point I want to talk about the different Krios, because I definitely want to work with these. (laughs) So we'll be right back. Yeah, (laughs) we'll be right back. One thing's for certain. Life is uncertain. Do you navigate the unknowns? Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com to sign up for psychic readings and classes with Barb Crowley. You can schedule one-to-one sessions with Barb for personal and relationship counseling, pet communication, mediumship, career and business direction, or sign up for one of her classes. Everyone has answers through the metaphysical plane, but they need help to access them. Get the help you need today. Visit aviewthroughtheveil.com. You are listening to Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil with Barb Crowley. To reach the live show, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to aviewthroughtheveil at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. We're back. This is Barb Crowley, Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. And we're back with Shannon Yurizari, and you have to listen to the first part of this program to hear her pronounce it properly. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been talking about the breath work for Gundalini energy, and now we're going to talk about the Kriyas. So I'm going to bring Shannon back in 
to tell us about the Kriyas. I'm fascinated with these. They're, they're magical. They really are magical. So for those metaphysical geeks out there, us being two of them, this is where... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I just decided to include the most magical, the deepest, most esoteric Kriyas, which means basically esoteric exercises mm -hmm. um, in this book, because why would you just go, you know, dip your toe in the healing water when you could just dive right in the healing water? Mm -hmm. This is the rocket ship of awakening. And this is the rocket ship of psychic abilities. I was a professional psychic full time and I just did Kundalini, you know, Kriyas every day. And it just was so much easier to do the work. <laughs> yeah. This is why I'm into it here. You know, yeah. I want to do easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, you, you talked in the book, actually, you gave an example of one of them you gave to one of you, a couple of your friends, and their lives changed. You want to tell us about that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's, yeah, there's a couple of them. And each one will tell you the most specific benefit you'll get from them. So you can use it as a resource different times in your life. Mm -hmm. This one is for abundance. And oh my gosh, once you can, okay, you can do it for 15 minutes and there's, you know, five different parts and eventually you build up and you build up and you're not supposed to go past a certain point because it says you're just getting greedy because it works so much. <laughs> yeah. So I, this was the first Kundalini thing I did for, you know, an extended period of time, which is when you get the full benefit from it. Mm -hmm. And I had so much abundance and so many amazing synchronistic experiences with just attracting things and going places. And people are like giving me things for free everywhere I go, like no charge, no charge. This is no what charge. we want. Yeah. <laughs> and this is what we all want. <laughs> You're, because you're just so happy people are like please come back mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. and you just feel that literally your energy field lifts them up so mm -hmm. it's expanding your energy field and so I gave it to a friend um he was in like a you know little band and all of a sudden his band takes off he starts touring the world he's got a house in Malibu wow. and a year a year later because he had done it every day for a year, he sent me $111 to thank me because he said, this Kriya changed my entire life. And, wow. you know, why and $111? Cause I don't know the numerology either. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you about, and then we'll come back for those who want to know this Kriya, then we'll come back to it. But throughout the book, you talk about do for three minutes, five minutes, you have, um, number of minutes broken down. Where did those numbers come from? Why those specific numbers? So in numerology, when you look up just like your sun sign, it yeah. reads your soul energy. Mm -hmm. And so the other dimensions, which we will never completely perceive in this life. Not while we're here, yeah. <laughs> the other dimensions are planned out like sacred geometry. They are connected through this grid of energy. And when we tap into certain grids, you know, 
it's, it's a lot more harmonizing to our energy. So if you think of a grid of a playground, like a square box, mm-hmm. okay, that's, that's a square box. But if you make this beautiful, perfectly symmetrical um, image that you could probably only create with graphic design, your energy is flowing in such a beautiful and creative way. So if we add numerology, we know that certain, okay, like an 11 life path number is going to be a very spiritual person. A 22 life path number is going to be a very big picture person every single time. So when we add that to the meditations, we're tapping into certain energies. And, you know, so if you think of, for instance, the number 108, I went over this at the beginning of my meditation beads book. There is so many ties to spiritual awakening through the number 108 mm-hmm. that it's undeniable all around the world. It's Catholics so fast recognize 108 in the rosary beads, which came from the Buddhist monastery and yeah. eventually into the, so numbers are just as powerful as astrology. It's just less known. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to tap into uh, certain energy fields, like certain, I'm sure you are very sensitive to energy in your work. So certain people will notice on certain days of the month, like the 22nd, whew, there's a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. It's really high vibration and things will shift. So yeah, that we're never going to fully understand it. <laughs> and, and what about the 40 days? Because even though your friend did it, well, I'm sure once he saw it work and he kept right on doing it for, for the year, um, which is when he got back in touch with you. But in throughout your book, you always say, do this for 40 days. And why the 40 days? So we're creating new neural pathways in the brain. We're training the brain to perceive energy differently and to engage with energy differently and to remember energy, remember the experience. If you just do it three times, your brain's just going to go back to your old pattern of lack of, oh, mm-hmm. I can't manifest. Ah, I'm, I'm a victim or, you know, right. ah, I'm never going to change my job. I'm never going to find a, a back to the familiar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. we know it takes a certain amount of time for the brain to actually adjust to a new habit. Mm-hmm. And so that's why, like, if you go to a class, you're only doing something one time, you're not going to get the near as much of the benefit as doing it. I did one for eight months. I know people that have done them for a thousand days. Mm -hmm. It just, it just continues to increase and the benefit it says it's going to do, it always does. (laughs) How do you keep manifestation open? You know, as, as I think we talked about it on the show, sometimes, you know, we'll talk before the show. So I never quite remember, but, um, I look back at my life and can understand it. But if I were to manifest from a point going forward, I would never be where I am. I would, my life would be small because I couldn't have thought bigger. So how do you keep that open for um, things that you don't know about to come to you? And at the same time, visualize. This is a stumbling block to me. (laughs) I don't know how to do this. Yeah. So we all, like when we start to study manifestation, we know the visualization, we can make the vision board. Mm -hmm. uh, And we, we know that, okay, I have this goal. And if I, if I have the vision board at some point, it's going to happen. 
But if you have the energy field and you also are very specific with your visualization, so much so that you feel it in your body. Mm -hmm. I'm visualizing so many specifics that I feel like that is already true. And there's so many techniques like the moon cycles and then writing, thank you for, but then you go to Kundalini yoga, Mm -hmm. you amplify your energy field and your envisioning, which I call blueprinting in the cosmic mind becomes way faster. So it might take years and years and years of like visualizing once a month, what you want and Mm -hmm. making your vision board like once a year. But when you strengthen, you know, your third eye and you strengthen your energy field, your magnetism becomes so much stronger that you think of something and you can hit the same day. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And you can get very specific with knowing there's a surrender process because Mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen right away, there's divine planning. So they're trying to prepare you so that you're ready to meet it, or they have a better plan, not they, but the, the energy connecting yeah, everything. The universe, yeah. Yeah. This, this brilliance. So if, if you're not ready for it, they're going to give that to you when things have lined up. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't come the, you know, you have to surrender to, okay, I'm not going to force it. There's something better coming. I can't even conceive of it. So that that's the take. part I want to keep open. You see, because I have to admit when I look back at my life, and where I've ended up, which is, I love where I've ended up, but I could not have envisioned it. I didn't even know to think it, you know, to ask for it. I just didn't know. And if I had been very specific asking about what I did know, it would have kept it small. I would have lost all of this history, you know, all of these things I've, I've experienced and had and, you know, all of it, I just would have thought too small. So how do you do that? So you're, you're going for a new car, right? But you're not going for the top of the line. You're going for the, for the medium, for the Subaru, let's say. And yet, why not the Mercedes, you know, or, you know, what's beyond the Mercedes, right? So how do you keep that open? Is there something that you add on on the and absolutely absolutely so the saying when the universe closes a door a window opens Mm -hmm. when you get a no like let's say you applied for the car and they denied you instead of letting your vibration go down celebrate the nose it keeps your vibration up and know something better is coming be like Mm -hmm. yes i'm one step closer to the yes and for instance i just moved up here recently, my brother and I looked at this place and we're like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. We thought we were going to get it. And then right when there was a no, I said, nope, something better is coming. And the place we ended up getting was way better. And it was so, so in alignment. And he was up for a really big job up here Mm -hmm. and, and it was going to be his lifetime career. And so I'm walking back with my dog and I didn't know that he had just gotten news on it. And so I come back in his, his head's in his hands, you know, he's very upset. And I go, no, I was just about to tell you not to take it. This is not what it's supposed to be. Something better is coming. And the job he is now, he's so much happier with. And he was like, you're right. You're right. When you stay in that, okay, a, a block is a step to something better. 
Mm -hmm. celebrate your nose, keeps the vibration up, keeps the excitement up because that's how you manifest. Okay. That's good to know because I was always thinking, well, you know, I would end it up with a lot less. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that's good. Now, I promised everybody we were coming back to the Kriyas. We talked a little bit about it and then didn't even give them the name of that Kriya. So let's go back to that. And then also the moon that you've used, you know, the moon cycles and, and astrology, really. I mean, your book really covers every aspect. But let's go back to the name of the Kriya that we were talking about. So, um, so everybody can go to that Kriya, <laughs> which is what I tried to do. Right. So I want right. that one. <laughs> yeah. And when so, you start out, it's easy. When you start out, it's easy. And then it just keeps getting better. Instead of, you know, you dread it. You're like, I cannot wait to do this because I know I'm yeah. going to feel better in 15 yeah. minutes. So it's on page 53 and it's, called Sobog Kriya, S-O-B-A-U-G-H or A-G-H. There's two spellings for it. Mm -hmm. And there's pictures in the book with specific instructions, but there's also really good uh, videos on YouTube. And there's a 15 minute one that I used to go along with. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's one of the first ones that pop up. Oh, oh my good. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. And do you honestly, think people should start with that or is there a starting point or doesn't really matter? So that will detox your body a lot because it's really intense breathing. I would mm -hmm. say start with three minutes of breath work a day. If you feel like your body feels really stiff, you're, you're resisting, mm -hmm. resisting working out. You feel like it's difficult to do that exercise. Energy's low. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. which breath work would you start with? I would start with breath of fire because mm -hmm. that one will start to build your nervous system up. So let's say someone had a nervous breakdown or they felt like they couldn't take any more challenges in their life. Like they were just completely out of energy, just burnt out. Breath of fire is where you start. Mm -hmm. You know, when the whole world, all different aspects hit you at once, breath of fire will rebuild your energy so you don't feel burnt out, you feel more confident and you start to see solutions instead mm -hmm. of feeling like the walls are closing in. Right. Okay. So now I'm not going to go to the moon yet. <laughs> um, the, so you do the breath of fire and you do the Kriya. God, it went right out of my mind what, where I wanted to go to. I guess we're going to the moon. <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Oh, I yeah. know. Chakras. We'll come back to the chakras as, as the nervous centers yeah. or the energy centers. Right. But, you know, so you take it where you want to take it, to the moon and back again or to the chakras? I'll, I'll tie them together. Okay. So <laughs> And astrology. and Yeah. 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 In, in each chapter in the book, I show people how each many, many places around the world throughout history have come to these same realizations about the chakras or whatever they call them, the Dantian in martial arts. Mm -hmm. And they show those energy centers are in very much the same places. They all talk about moving energy with breath work. They know energy can completely change, uh, change everything, you know, when you concentrate it in certain places. And then you talk about astrology, 
every major culture around the world has an astrology system that has been around for eons. And they, they use certain scents because that's the strongest memory recall to get you into meditative state. You go to a Catholic, you know, ceremony, I forget what it's called, and they have incense. You go to a mosque mm-hmm. and they have incense and spiritual stores have scents, whether it's oils and incense. All these rituals are changing and shifting our energy. So when it comes to astrology, it's, it's pretty spot on, Yeah, <laughs> but it, it can be done in different systems because people in separate parts of the world created systems that are slightly different observing, Hey, everybody born on this day has a very similar personality uh, or in this month. So with the basics of astrology before getting into craziness the moon is a minute, pal- what is craziness <laughs> oh you oh, mean so- very very deeply yeah. into it yeah gotcha yeah yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> professional astrologer stuff i know yeah so they get deep when you add the moon cycle to the manifesting kriya you're only going to get it more powerfully and that's a great way to start with astrology knowing that we start our goal on the new moon we keep planting seeds then the full moon usually things come to fruition it's like clockwork and it's so cool (laughs) that is amazing and that's that is i didn't look up when the new moon is yet but i did look up that kriya (laughs) we have a full moon on uh let's see well this is gonna be at a different time period but this Sunday. And uh-huh. oh my and, gosh. And we're in May 20, uh, 2022. Yes. Because this will go out as a podcast and be can be out there forever. So right. You know, we've got to put that down. So yeah. people in in two years aren't looking up and saying, no, we don't. <laughs> you can look no, up an astrology, don't. you can look up an astrology article online and think something's going to happen and miss that it was the year before. <laughs> right, right. I don't know why they don't put their, their um, dates on there. But um, oh. I want to go through, I don't want to run into run out of time. And I want to go through, you have mantras <laughs> and chanting. Oh, yeah. Um, Before we go away from chakras, though, are we good? We're good on that. And I think I think the mantras are a huge um, overlooked. Like when I used to do them in yoga classes, like an Ashtanga class, they sit Mm -hmm. there and they mumble and you're like, oh, I can't wait for this part to be over. Like, this is so ridiculous and religious or something. Yeah. But once once I started to uh, understand that this is a sound current, mm-hmm. just like if you if you sit next to a bass, a big bass, and you feel it move through your body, yeah, it's it's interacting with it's interacting with the actual cellular energy in our body to move energy. So, so it's a vibration, the vibration yes. of sound. And that's why they're not translated into English, because mm-hmm. if you hit a G note, you don't want to hit an A note when you're trying to hit a G to make a harmonious sound. So here's mm-hmm. a great example. Yoga, you know, thousands of years old, the actual Sanskrit names for these poses resonate in the part of the body that it is working on. So if you say, um, 
uh, cobra pose in Sanskrit, it's bhujangasana and it resonates your sternum and that's the exact place you're stretching. So if you have a mantra for manifestation, mm -hmm. it is activating, it's a very high pitch and it is activating the upper chakras to start to put that vision out there with your, you know, your Send third out eye. the email. We want this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the places it resonates in your body is how it's manifesting. There's healing mantras that direct energy to other people by activating your heart chakra. It is, it is so magical. And I always overlooked it as the annoying thing. And then I realized, you know what? It might be the most powerful thing. Wow. And that was both mantra and chanting. What about chanting? You're, you're repeating. Yes. So this in all cultures has been a part of spiritual awakening because it's creating a new energy field. So, you know, the rosary repeats. Um, there's always like Buddhist mantras that are repeated, you know, for many times. And then in yoga, they repeat the mantras and it's moving the sound current to change your neural pathways. You don't know how the sound is changing things consciously, but mm -hmm. after you do it for a period of time, you are so peaceful. So they've, you know, this has come through quite a long, quite a long process to get here. I look at um, yogis as the mechanics of energy and mm -hmm. all of their rituals are reflected in other spiritual systems throughout, throughout um, time and throughout cultures. They're just called different things. Yeah. Now, um, so I was brought up Catholic and we had chanting. I always liked the chanting, had no idea what it did, <laughs> but I always liked it. <laughs> and of course, it was in Latin. Right. They did it in Latin. And when they went to English, it really didn't hold the power. It just something got lost in that. And I think that's kind of when they started to lose people, unfortunately. Now, um, what happens? If, well, women, there's so much here, you know, so the meditations, everybody thinks right away, oh my God, Kundalini is meditating. But as we've seen, we've gone through a whole lot of things. None of them are meditating, but there is a part in your book for meditation, for all the different meditations. Using, so, I like this meditation with magic mantra. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's a good that, one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep. Yeah, that, that one uh, definitely has a specific intention. Mm -hmm. um, so people think of meditation as sitting there and clearing your mind and doing absolutely nothing, which the type A personality, which is so many people, you know, right. in the West. American, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's like drinking um, sewage water. Because, <laughs> Ooh. because I mean, that's yeah. a visceral thing. Yeah. If they don't feel productive, they're not going to do it. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless they feel like 10 minutes of quiet breathing meditation is going to give me more productivity at work, you know? And, mm -hmm. Right. And, right. And so this is perfect for the modern human because it gives your ego something to do because you're pulling in your root lock, you're moving your arms, you're looking at the tip of your nose and your ego has a task so the rest of you can relax i so see it, yeah it it gives people that have to prove how good they are at something the ability to actually relax 
because they're like, oh, I got from three minutes to 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just designed to help type A people get to expanded consciousness, really, because we're in the age of technology where we're overstimulated and the brain can't stop unless we know some technique. We've all become is... ADD. <laughs> yeah. 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 What happens if, and we only have a minute or two, but what happens if you do all this and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere? That is probably a reason that people quit, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you're not patient enough to keep going. Well, Do how long else. does it take? <laughs> <laughs> it depends on your, you know, your hydration level. It depends on, okay, are you in a super negative environment? So mm -hmm. you're carrying those negative uh, energies. You can go back to the book and say, okay, I need to look at a different aspect here because I'm too, I have too much processed food in my body to feel my upper chakras. So let me go back to the digestion and do some, you know, actual yeah. physical exercises and take some herbs that are going to move that along. Mm -hmm. Because when we start to understand, okay, there's a lot of different things that affect the body, including my environment, we can troubleshoot and then get there, you know, and it's just a learning process. There's different, different things that will help. And I also say, if you resonate with a certain you know what? Oh, we're done. I've got to teach. Yeah, I've got to stop you. But this is all in your book. And I do yeah. wanted to ask, and I hate to tell you all listening to this, I'm going to ask this when we get off the air. <laughs> when do you need a teacher? And when can we do you just sit with the book? Can you okay. just do it by the book? Or do you have to have a teacher? I would say I'd rather you do it by the book because you are your own guru. Your intuition mm -hmm. will guide you in the process better than any teacher. Great. And where do we get the book? And where do we get hold of you? <laughs> Great segue, right? <laughs> you can get it on Amazon and any major online book re retailer. And then and it's called Kundalini and Energy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... My website is my crazy name, shannonirizari.com. And then follow me daily on Instagram for inspiration and other news about events. Um, I hope everybody reaches that state of bliss faster than, than ever. And do you give classes? Do you do classes too? In the age of COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been doing virtual events mm -hmm. so that, you know, I think in a class, you can reach 20 people. If you get the book out there, you can reach thousands so many, and thousands of people. Right. Yeah. And I know for myself, I can sit there as, as you said, this doesn't work. This isn't right. I can go to something else. Well, listen, thanks so much for being on the show. I really enjoyed it. And um, I'm certainly going right to that Korea that we talked about, <laughs> the manifestation Korea. And I uh, can try it out and I'll do it on the new moon and expect the best in the full moon. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Thanks so much. And have a great weekend. You too. You're a blast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. 
Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.